0: johnny goes shopping johnny was hungry mama may i have a candy bar no dear as soon as we get home i'm going to make dinner reluctantly johnny put back the candy bar as he walked beside the shopping cart mama was pushing he looked in and saw spaghetti peanut butter cereal oranges, and lots of other good things. His mouth watered just thinking about the tomato sauce and cheese that would cover the spaghetti. His little sister Anna was sitting in the cart. She laughed and pulled several packages of spaghetti noodles off the shelf. Mama sighed as she put back all but one package, then returned to reading the label on a can. Johnny peered at the can. It had a pitcher of soup on the label. His stomach growled. Mama smiled. She put the soup into the cart and moved on. At last, they finished shopping and headed for the checkout line. The store was crowded with lots of shoppers. Mama glanced at the lines and chose the shortest one. Even so... There were two carts full of food in front of them. Johnny felt hungrier than ever. He watched impatiently as the clerk scanned boxes and cans from the cart in front of them. Then he got bored and turned to look behind him. An old man carrying a carton of milk and a package of light bulbs was walking slowly up and down the checkout lines, looking for a short one. He finally got in line behind Johnny. Johnny smiled at him, and he smiled back. He looked tired. He shifted from one foot to the other, swaying gently back and forth, back and forth. Johnny looked at the cart they had filled with food He was sure it would take a long time to scan it all. He tugged Mama's sleeve. Mama, I think that man should go first. Mama turned to the old man. You have only two items. Why don't you go ahead of us? The man smiled gratefully, nodded, and went to the front of the line. While the clerk scanned his milk and light bulbs, the man turned to Johnny. Thank you very much, young man. I heard you tell your mother to let me go first. You are a very kind boy. Johnny waved and smiled as the man walked out the door. The spaghetti would taste good, but this was even better. Jesus said, Love everyone. Debbie, my friend. Add to your faith brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 and 7. Debbie is two years older than I am, and a few inches taller. She is my sister and my friend. We play together, and she pushes me on the swing. We work together, and I help her tidy up the living room. Debbie just learned how to ride a bike, and now she's teaching me. When I fall, she helps me up and makes sure that I'm okay. After she teaches me to ride the bike, I'll teach her to draw an airplane. I'm good at drawing airplanes. We like to do everything together. When a neighbor asks Debbie to come and play, she says, Can Josh come too? Sometimes when our family goes on trips, Debbie tells stories to me and baby Jenny. We like her stories. She knows lots of stories from primary because she's five, and she's been in primary for two whole years. When she tells the story of David and Goliath, she lets me say David's part because now I know the story too. Now that I'm in primary, I'm learning lots of new stories, just like Debbie. Maybe next time we take a trip I'll tell stories to her and baby Jenny. I'll let Debbie do Goliath's part because she knows it so well. The first time I went to primary, I was excited and I wasn't scared because Debbie was sitting right behind me. She always brings me right to my row and says, Don't worry, Josh. I'll be right back. I'm glad Debbie's my sister. She plays with me, helps me, and teaches me. She's my friend. Hannah Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 18, verse 4 Hannah sat under the kitchen table, crying softly. "'What's wrong, Hannah?' Mama asked. "'I can't do anything right.' Mama got under the table with her and held her close. "'That's not true.' "'Yes, it is. I'm always making mistakes and having accidents.' Mama thought a moment. Then she helped Hannah out from under the table." Come with me, she said. They went to the hallway mirror and looked at their reflections. Do you know what I see, Hannah? Hannah stared at her reflection. What? she asked, sniffing a little bit. A very important person who's loved very much. Hannah smiled a little. And I see a beautiful smile, too. Daddy and I love you because you are special just the way you are. But I can't do anything right, Hannah protested. I spill my milk. I can't tie my shoe or button my shirt. I can't even write all my ABCs. (laughs) Oh. Hannah. You do a lot of things really well, Mama reassured her. You draw beautiful pictures of flowers and animals. You always talk kindly to our neighbor, Mrs. Green. And how could I hang the laundry on the clothesline without you there to hand me the clothespins? You're my helper." When Hannah still didn't look convinced, Mama went to the closet and got out a picture album. She led Hannah to the sofa and opened the album. Do you know who this baby is? Mama asked. Hannah smiled. That's me! She loved looking at these pictures. And what a good baby you were! You couldn't do anything for yourself, so Daddy and I fed you when you were hungry, washed you when you were dirty, and loved you with all our hearts. Hannah studied the picture. Mama turned several pages. This photo was taken when you were about one. You were just beginning to walk. Did I fall a lot? Hannah asked. Yes, you did, but you always got up and tried again. Now you can run and jump and dance, beautiful dances. They browsed on through the book and saw many pictures of Hannah. In each photo, she was a little older and able to do more things by herself. Everything we learn to do must be practiced over and over before we can do it well, Mamma said. But remember that we will always love you no matter what you can or can't do. Just like Heavenly Father loves us, just the way we are. Hannah remembered learning this in primary. That's right. Heavenly Father loves us even when we're not perfect, but he also helps us grow, she added, hugging her special Hannah. A great day. The warm sun came through Aaron's bedroom window. Today's going to be a good day, Aaron thought. I'm going to see Grandma and Grandpa. Grandma and Grandpa lived just down the road, and he usually visited them after breakfast. It was the best way to start the day. Aaron jumped out of bed. After breakfast and chores, Mom smiled and said that he could go to Grandma and Grandpa's house. As he went, the late morning sun felt good on his back. The sand squished under his shoes. It made him laugh. (laughs) <laughs> this is going to be a good day, he said out loud. He saw a shiny black rock with a stripe down the middle. I bet Grandpa would like to see this. Aaron slipped the rock into his pocket. He checked the pine tree just outside Grandma's back door. The robin was sitting on her nest. I think she has eggs. Aaron climbed the fence, standing on tiptoes and stretching his neck as far as he could. He thought he saw something blue in the nest. I'm going to tell Grandpa. He slid down and ran to the kitchen door. Grandpa thought he was right about the eggs. Pretty soon there will be little birds, he said. Grandma had made some applesauce cookies. Mm Mm-mm. They were really good. Grandma and Grandpa both liked his rock. On the way home, Aaron noticed that the lilac bush was covered with purple flowers. This was such a great day. That night, as Aaron got ready for bed, thought about everything that he had happened today, He said his prayers, thanking Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, I thank thee for the beautiful flowers, the warm sun, the sand, and the robin's eggs. I thank thee for Grandma and Grandpa. And I thank thee for this whole great day. Oh, Heavenly Father, I love Thee. As Aaron climbed into bed, he remembered something his primary teacher had said. When we feel love for Heavenly Father, that feeling is called reverence. Aaron fell asleep feeling very reverent. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, the book of psalms chapter 118 verse 27 it says this is the day which the lord hath made we will rejoice and be glad in it from the bible in the new testament the book of second corinthians chapter 7 verse 10 we read Godly sorrow worketh repentance unto salvation. In the story, Mother's Day Mistake, Chad learns a very important lesson. He feels sad for what he did and decides to repent. Notice how Chad feels after he repents. The next day was Mother's Day. Chad wanted to give something special to his mommy. He was only five years old and didn't have any money to buy a present. Yellow-faced pansies bloomed along the sidewalk in Mrs. Dewey's yard next door. Chad had watched Mrs. Dewey plant them. Her husband had died last year and she lived all alone. Sometimes Chad's parents invited her to Sunday dinner. Chad asked Mommy if he could go outside and play on the swing set. The pansies seemed to smile at him. He picked a whole handful and carried them inside. Happy Mother's Day, Mommy! He held out the flowers to her. It didn't feel as good as he thought it would. A smile settled on her lips. Chad, they're beautiful. Thank you. The smile faded. Where did you get such beautiful pansies? He shuffled up from one foot to the other. Outside? Where outside, Mrs. Dewey's yard, he said reluctantly. How do you think Mrs. Dewey is going to feel when she finds that some of her flowers are missing? Mommy asked softly. Chad remembered how Mrs. Dewey had knelt on the ground, patting the dark dirt around the flowers. She had worked long time past She had worked a long time planting them. She might be sad, he said. Mommy put the flowers on the table. What do you think we should do? He chewed his lip. "Um, Maybe we could put them back? Mommy sat at the table and patted the chair beside her. I don't think that's going to work. Chad didn't think so either. I guess I should tell her what I did. He looked at the flowers. They lay limply on the table, their cheerful faces already drooping. He trudged over to Mrs. Dewey's house and knocked on the door. I picked your flowers for my mommy That for Mother's Day. I'm sorry. He got the words out in a single breath. Mrs. Dewey smiled. Thank you, Chad, for bringing the flowers back and telling me the truth. I'll help you stick them in the ground again, he offered. "Uh, After flowers are picked, they can't be replanted, she said gently. "Uh, That's what my mommy said. Maybe I could help you plant some new flowers. Mrs. Dewey's smile bloomed like one of the pansies. I like that. That afternoon, Mommy and Chad bought new flowers to plant in Mrs. Dewey's yard. I'll do chores to pay you back for the flowers, Chad said. He thought for a moment. Hey, I could do more chores for a Mother's Day present. Mommy hugged him. That's the best present you could give me. From the Bible, in the New Testament, the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 20, we read, Give thanks always for all things unto the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the story of Hunter's new hat, listen for how Hunter gives thanks for a special blessing. Hunter had a new hat. It came in a box from Grandpa. Let's go to the lake, Dad said. Can I wear my new hat? Hunter asked. Yes, you may, Dad said. At the lake, Hunter and Dad walked on the bridge. Hunter and Dad stopped to look at the ducks. Hunter's new hat fell into the lake. Can you reach it? Hunter asked Dad. No, Dad said. It is too far down. Hunter had an idea. We can say a prayer. We can say. So Dad and Hunter closed their eyes. Hunter said a prayer. When he opened his eyes, he saw a man coming in a boat. Can you reach my hat, please? Hunter called out. The man in the boat took the hat out of the lake and threw it up to the bridge. Dad caught the hat. Thank you, said Hunter. Can we say another prayer, Hunter asked Dad. I want to say a thank you prayer to Heavenly Father, too. Yes, we can, Father said, and they did. This story is from the Book of Mormon. In the Book of Enos, chapter 1, verse 4, it says, And my soul hungered, and I kneeled down before my Maker, and I cried unto him in mighty prayer. This is the story of Enos's prayer. It's a real story that happened many, many years ago. Enos was the son of Jacob and the grandson of Lehi. One day Enos went to hunt beasts in the forest. While he was hunting, Enos thought about his father Jacob. He thought about the things his father Jacob had taught him. Enos knelt to pray. He prayed all day that Heavenly Father would forgive him for his sins. Enos had faith that Heavenly Father would forgive him. Heavenly Father did forgive Enos and blessed him. Then Enos prayed for his people, the Nephites. Then Enos prayed for the Lamanites. Each time Enos prayed, he had faith that Heavenly Father would answer his prayers and bless him. We can be like Enos when we have faith. Two ways in which we can have help our faith grow are to pray often and to obey Heavenly Father's commandments. From the Bible in the Old Testament, the book of Genesis, chapter 41, verse 48. We read about Joseph who lived in Egypt long, long ago, where it says, And he gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt and laid up the food in the cities. This story is about Katie's peaches. Six year old Katie loves peaches, but she lives in Las Vegas, Nevada where it's too hot for peaches to grow well. Luckily, she has a neighbor named Don who knows a lot about growing fruits and vegetables. He and his wife Alice have a peach tree that grows big, beautiful, very tasty peaches. One day, Alice came over with a big bag full of peaches. Would you like some peaches, she asked. This year we seem to have more than usual. Katie's mom thanked her and took the peaches into the kitchen. She washed them and put them into the refrigerator. While Katie was at a friend's house, mom bottled all the peaches in big glass jars for their food storage. When Katie got home, she cried, "'What did you do to my peaches?' I don't have any to eat. Oh, I'm sorry, Mom said. The next time Alice brings over peaches, I'll be sure to save you some. A few days later, Alice brought more peaches. Katie helped Mom wash them. Then she watched Mom put most of them in boiling water. After they were dipped in cold water, Katie cut them in half with a butter knife. She couldn't help tasting pieces. She kept tasting pieces until she got full. Mommy, why are we putting my big beautiful peaches into these glass jars, she asked. Her mother explained that they were for food storage. We're going to do what Joseph in Egypt did. Katie wanted to hear about Joseph, so... While they bottled the peaches, Mom told her the story of Joseph and his coat of many colors. She told Katie about how his brother sold him into slavery in Egypt, where he became a friend of Pharaoh. She explained that Joseph told Pharaoh to store food during the seven years when there was lots of it. Then they could eat it during the seven years when there would be very little food for them. The prophet has asked us to store food while we can, because we may need it later, she said. Katie wanted to follow the prophet, so she decided that putting the peaches in bottles was a good idea. She had learned a lot more than how to bottle fruit. Katie didn't want to wait for a famine, though. She was glad that, they had saved some of the big, beautiful, very tasty peaches for her to eat right away. Mmm, mmm. Do you like peaches? I do. From the Bible, in the Old Testament, in the book of Psalms, chapters 121, verse 1, we read, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. In this story called Look Up, listen for what Stacy saw when she looked up. Stacy was thrilled to be with her family at the Temple Open House. I must remember everything I see she reminded herself. Grandma had not been able to come with them, but she had asked Stacy to pay close attention and tell her all about it later. Stacy studied the beautiful paintings of Jesus Christ on the walls and the carved wooden handrails on the stairs. Even though many people were visiting the temple, She felt a deep peace, as if she were all alone. I'll tell Grandma about the peaceful feeling, she thought. After visiting the temple, Stacy and her family walked around the town, admiring some of the other buildings. Suddenly, Stacy realized that she was not with her family anymore. She searched all through the tall brick building, but they weren't there. She felt a lump growing in her throat. She walked down the street as two fat tears rolled down her cheeks. Then, she remembered that Daddy had parked their car near the temple. If I go to the temple, my family can find me, she realized. She looked right and left, but could not find the temple. Then she heard a voice in her mind. Look up! She obeyed the voice and saw the tall, white temple spire with the angel Moroni on top. When she reached the temple, she found her family looking for her. As she happily hugged her mother, Stacy said, I'll tell Grandma about the pictures of Jesus and the peaceful feeling. But first, I'll tell her that if you get lost, you should look up so you can find your way to the temple. President Thomas S. Monson said, Always have the temple in your sights. From the Bible, in the New Testament, the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 13, we read, By love, serve one another. This story is called Carl's Messy Room. Let's see what we can learn about serving one another and how that helps us to feel. Carl and his friend Spencer liked to play with toy race cars and soldiers. One day, Spencer had to go home before they were finished playing. What a mess you boys made, Mommy said. You'd better clean your room before dinner. Carl frowned. He didn't think he could ever put away all the toys that he and Spencer had accidentally spilled. He started to pick them up one by one. But there were so many. He went to the kitchen where Mommy was cooking. It's too hard to clean my room. His sister Kimberly was setting the table. Cleaning is easy, she said. Mommy kept slicing vegetables. Try a little harder, she said. Carl went back to his room and picked up a few race cars, but there were so many more still on the floor. I'll be here cleaning forever, he thought. He went back to the kitchen and said, It's too hard to clean my room. Cleaning is easy, Kimberly said again. She finished setting the table and disappeared down the hall. Daddy was setting the table. Oops, I mean, Daddy was sweeping the floor. Kimberly already set the table. Daddy said, you can do it. You made the mess, so clean it up is your special job. Carl went back to his room and picked up several soldiers. But there were still so many on the floor, and he was getting really tired. Spencer helped me make this mess, and he went home. And no one is helping me clean it up, he thought. It isn't. Fair. (laughs) He ran back to the kitchen. The mess is too big to clean up by myself, he wailed. Mommy's eyes twinkled. Maybe you have too many toys, she teased. Would it be easier to clean your room if we gave some of them away? No, Carl stomped back to his room in tears. When he opened the door, he could hardly believe his eyes. There were no more toys on the floor. He wiped away his tears and peeked into the toy box. Like magic, race cars and soldiers were stacked neatly inside. Then he saw Kimberly hiding in the corner. Surprise! she yelled. How did you clean my room so fast? He was so happy. Cleaning is easy, Kimberly said. I'm older than you are, so some chores are easy for me. Next time, I'll show you a game I learned that helps me clean faster. But why did you clean my room, Carl asked. Daddy said it was my special job. Jesus helps us to do things that are hard. This time, I think he wants me to help you with your special job. She hugged Carl. Jesus wants us to make other people happy. Carl was happy because Kimberly had helped him. He was so happy that he wanted to please Jesus by making others happy too. He started by squeezing Kimberly tight and saying, Thank you. Now, here's a game that maybe Kimberly played while she was picking up her toys. While she was picking up Carl's toys. It's important to put your toys away. Toys left on the floor may cause someone to trip and fall. When you put your toys away, they won't get broken and can be found the next time you want to play with them. But sometimes putting toys away isn't nearly as much fun as playing with them. So, why not make a game of cleaning up your room? Ask an older person to set a timer, maybe for one minute. In that one minute, count how many toys you can put away before the timer buzzes. If someone is helping you, maybe you can take turns putting different things away like putting all the cars away or putting all the dolls away before the timer rings. Remember that the toys must be put where they belong. Shoving them under the bed or hiding them in the closet isn't maybe where they belong, so that's not so helpful. But before you know it, your room will be neat and clean and a comfortable place to be.